0: Welcome back to Dunkata Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. We are starting new book today. We are starting Furies of Calderon by Jim Butcher. This is a recommendation from one of the users on our subreddit, Loner Actual. Thank you for the recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh, reminder, as I always do, check out check out the subreddit, you guys. Get on there. Get at us. With some with some comments, we've got a lot of fun stuff up there. <laughs> we're we're up to chapter fifteen in the Furies of mm-hmm. Calderon, but before before we get there, Luke, I wonder if if we could. I we we like to get warmed up sometimes. I think maybe we could just f- maybe talk about some important things that happened to us this week. Uh, I know uh, this if you know if you want to skip, there's a little skip button. But um, you know, I had I had a pretty good week. I think uh, I finished I finished Breaking Bad finally. Oh, uh, I've been I've been trying to get through that for like ten years, and mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. just finished it this week. That was an exciting thing that happened to me this week. Luke, did anything interesting happen in, happen in your life this week? Uh, let me think. Hmm. This week. So this is. Uh... One of the one of the first weeks of, of November twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I started uh, meal prepping this week. Ooh, interesting. Successful kinda... little successful little meal prep. It's the really the only exciting thing that I can think of that happened to me this yeah, week. Yeah, what kind of meals have you been prepping this week? I so the tough thing is I really want to go vegetarian, but I can't mm. feed myself enough. You're too weak. Is what you're saying. I know, I know. I'm very impressed with you that you're able to do this because I'm kind of a hungry boy.
1: I am also you're a hungry an boy, even hungrier boy. Yeah, I'm a hungry, me. hungry. But boy. But
0: somehow you're able to like go vegetarian, which I have always struggled to do. So uh, I, I had to revert back for my meal prep, little chicken breast, rice, and veggies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's a common way to go. A common way to go if you don't want to go full vegetarian, just add add a little chicken breast in there. Yeah yeah mm-hmm. um Did, is I'm, there anything else that was interesting that happened happened this, this week? week oh this week hmm you know I it's I'm drawing a blank right now I think it's been pretty it's been pretty quiet this week so far it's been a quiet fall I think it it has been for whatever reason uh you know you get your. You get your screen time update on Sundays mm-hmm. if you have an iPhone. I don't know if you. I don't know if you get them with Android. iPhone, you get your screen time update this week. I was very high. Hmm. Don't know why. No reason. No reason that I can think of. Uh. I think. A lot I got, of looking at my phone this week. I I'm trying to think of why I got so familiar with a few states in our union this week. Like I feel like. I learned a lot about Nevada and Pennsylvania this week. You know what Mm. I mean? Mm -hmm. And I don't Mm -hmm. know. I don't really remember the point, but, like, I learned a lot about those two states. I'm I'm currently very familiar with the suburbs of Atlanta. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, cool. Well, um... Maybe something interesting will happen next week. Who can say? Hopefully this was this is a good little recap. I like I like the the weekly recap. If if something uh, interesting happened to you that this week, one was very boring. Yeah, if something interesting happens to you this week because honestly Luke and I have had a pretty boring week. Uh let us know something you're excited about that maybe has happened in your life recently. Let us know. Let us know what that is that you've got going on. The real thing that was exciting that happened to me this week. Starting this book. Yes, Luke, very exciting. <laughs> okay, so as Dan mentioned, we are we are up to chapter 15. But uh let's start at the beginning. Mm. So I don't know if it was the first chapter, but one of the one of the first chapters uh what's her name? Amara. Amara? Mm, yeah, I think I go with Amra Amra okay. Amra and her teacher are going on this mission and it seems it seems really casual to me mm. when they're, when it's when they're leading up to it. It's like a graduation mission mm-hmm. for something mm-hmm. uh, seems like almost a practice thing when they're going up to it. but then when they when they fail, from a certain perspective, the consequences are very dire. Yeah, And it turns out it wasn't casual. I was like, this was crazy to me. Kind of a wild graduation requirement. Mm -hmm. Like usually you don't ask your students to just get right in the thick of it when they're, like that's a job for a veteran spy person. And the crazy thing, I'm so glad you brought this up because it sounds like this is going to be a huge problem in the realm. And, and we have a student, like we have a spy who's a student who did like all of the work it sounds like. Like it sounds like this is her senior project is uncovering this vast conspiracy of people to depose the current ruler of their realm where is everyone else like either there's two possible explanations for this the first is that there are things way worse than this going on in this (laughs) realm and so that's where everybody like all the people who have graduated are off doing is they're off dealing with these other terrible way worse things that are happening in the realm like Oh, yeah, I had to break up a dragon orgy as they were trying to spawn a demon last week. <laughs> Great example. Oh, you had to fight like a whole army? Oh, that's not, that's not, that's more of a student level project.
1: That's, okay, <laughs>
0: so- <laughs> hold on, that's one explanation. The other explanation is they're just chilling. The other explanation is they put all of the hard work on the students. And then as soon as you get your degree, you're just skating by on easy street. You're like, I did my work when I was a student. I worked for very little pay, almost no sleep. I survived on Top Ramen. And now I got that degree. I can make 100K a year sitting at a desk looking at Reddit all day. (laughs) You're you're saying that she's getting her PhD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I, yeah, I, I kind of like the idea of this being almost a hazing, hazing thing, mm. you know, mm-hmm. but it just seems like the stakes are really high, but I don't know, maybe they're just really confident also. Did you have a moment when she gets caught? They take her teacher out and supposedly kill him, which whenever somebody isn't killed, quote unquote, on screen, I'm like, there's no way they're dead. Come on. Come on now. If I don't see the sword go into their brain, they're still alive somewhere. That's the oldest trick in the book. Oldest trick in the book. But did you have the same thought I did when this happened where she realized like, oh, they're all in on it. And my thought was, oh, okay, this is a training exercise. She's graduating. Mm -hmm. This has all been a big training exercise to see how good she is. And so when she called her teacher in, I thought, oh, okay, the training exercise is over. She's figured it out. She's won. And then her teacher's just a traitor. (laughs) That was a huge shock to me because if I'm a student, my first thought is like, oh, cool. This is like a, a test that I just passed nice yes I I did have this thought um the thing that I think is interesting is that he tries to explain his reason for being a traitor and it doesn't seem that good to me Mm-mm. It doesn't seem that compelling he's just like yeah the king's getting kind of old doesn't have an heir. I like him sure he's great but uh You know, it's time. It's time. (laughs) There's gonna be a big war if he doesn't just give it up. So we've got to take it from him. And it's like, yeah, you realize you're the one starting the big war, right? Yeah, that seems like the war that you're referring to. This seems like the thing you're saying is going to happen if we don't act now. And that acting now is starting a big fight with everyone. Yeah, not really great reasoning. I will say, too, I think we don't know the extent of their plan because I don't think he explained it in very much detail at all to anyone really yet, even including ourselves. And at first I was I was very not on board with the whole plan because I can understand this sense of like, you know, imagine like the ruler is a dictator and they're like we just got to get this dictator out of power so we can have some reform maybe we can um, avoid a big bloody civil war if we just assassinate them and then put somebody else in power i can kind of start to understand that but then when they they start talking to this Aquitanius guy i'm like this isn't the guy right this can't be the guy that we're going with to repl- this is this guy sounds terrible in so many ways so at first when we started talking to this guy i was like yeah fidelius i don't think this is i don't think this is the move that we should be going for for trying to avoid war i don't think that's the plan i think there's more levels to this plan than oh. this i don't think they're a crit, really a, trying a double cross i think there might be a double cross or they're just gonna use him to get in the right position and then as soon as they can get get him out of the picture they're going to but i don't think this aqua aquitanus aquitaneous guy i don't think he's the guy i think he's a i think he's a pawn right now mm-hmm. because if he's not a pawn Good luck convincing anyone that this guy's going to be the one, the one to take us into a peaceful regime. When, When Fidelius is talking about why he's choosing this guy, it's basically, he's like, yeah, he's personally the worst, very, very like, I don't think he says cruel, but something along those lines. He literally uses the word bloodthirsty. And I'm like, okay, you can't you were you're trying to avoid blood <laughs> he he literally just chooses him because he's like the strongest i think and it's like your one criteria is the one that can just succeed because maybe you should like up your standards a little bit right right especially given his position like He has been trained in espionage and subterfuge. And so sure, in a world where you don't have diplomacy or espionage or subterfuge, whoever's the most powerful is gonna win. Like, of course. But your whole deal is so that other people can win. So people who might not be the strongest can have some success here. And so this is why I don't really think I don't really think Aquitanius is the guy. I think it's. I think there's somebody else that's going to get okay. in there, and maybe, maybe the plan is for some kind of democratic reform. Look, <laughs> at the very least, maybe we get like a parliament, like a House of Lords situation, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. all the high counselors vote on what to do, rather than just one guy. Saying this is how it's going to be and using secret police to enforce his rule. (laughs) It could be nice. A little reform could be nice. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. That doesn't feel right to me. I don't, I don't think so either. I have rarely seen that happen in a fantasy book. Um, But I, I'm ready to be surprised. I'm open to it. Yeah, these fantasy books love their kings and emperors. They just love them. (laughs) One one thing that I do see a lot in fantasy books, which I think is really funny, mm-hmm. I don't really, I'm not necessarily like criticizing it. I think it's, I just think it's kind of amusing when they're talking about people that are really good with a sword. They often say that the person just moved so fast that they could not track the sword movements, and that's insane. <laughs> if you just take a moment to like think about that for a second and how large and heavy swords are and shiny don't forget very shiny these things (laughs) very very shiny um they're moving quick i guess very strong uh very agile i'm impressed i i think this is also hilarious and i think this is, to, this is used actually a lot to describe how quick somebody moves. Like when two people are fighting, often it will be described as like, they're fighting so quickly you can't even track it. And I get that we're in a fantasy world with magic. That's fine. But I, like you, I don't have a frame of reference for this. I have never in my life seen anyone move so fast that I couldn't keep track of where they were going. Ever. Like, (laughs) maybe there's a video out there of like Bruce Lee or some somebody who's really good at kung fu punching so quick you can't see it. But I've never ever seen a fight that was so fast that I couldn't see somebody's fists moving. And so... This description is, I think, meant to show how powerful the fighters are. But it's just so beyond the realm of anything I've ever seen. I can't. I can't. Because the other thing about it, Luke, is as soon as it's too fast for you to track, it's any speed. It's any speed higher than you can track, right?
1: (laughs) So who knows how fast these things are. Faster than the speed of light, I to say.
0: Exactly. Like... How fast are we even talking about here now, at this <laughs> point? I don't know. Who's to say? I love it. I'm here for but it. But yeah, big, heavy, shiny swords moving so quick you can't even track it. Gotta be fast. <laughs> gotta be gotta be real quick. One wonders how fast they could be without the sword. Or with maybe a really like a like a stick. Just a sharp stick. Yeah. Maybe just get a stab in the eye, fight's over. There you go. I've got some notes, you guys. Luke, I think I might have have just a question about the different I guess they're different species in this world because we have the humans who who pretty much everybody among the humans has a fury. Except for except for our boy. Except for our boy Tavi. But it sounds like everybody else has a fury. Which are these like pokemon kind of things and then there's the marats that actually the marats i feel like are much more like having pokemon because they get Hmm. their own animals and they can have some communication with the animals they both sound very cool and i'm wondering which one you go with are you team human here or are you team marat um so okay, so we, we haven't learned a ton about how exactly the Marat like whatever it is works mm-hmm. But based on my current knowledge, I'm going, I want a fury. Interesting. okay. Okay. I think they just seem they just seem useful. They seem incredibly useful. You're right. but being able to like talk to animals, I mean, this comes back to something we've talked about previously. I think in the Fire Upon the Deep, where we have these like dog, these dog hive mind creatures that people can talk to and befriend, and that just sounds so fun to me, to be able to to talk to to animals, have a little Doctor Doolittle action going on. I because it sounds too like. They're not limited to these weird scary bird things. It sounds like they have a unique communication with a lot of animals. Right, but it's hard for me to tell if they can do this with a lot of animals or if they just have to like, once they choose an animal or two, Mm. that's their connection. I see. I see. Yeah, I think if that's the case you definitely go with a fury. I think I'm with you if you have to pick one and you're stuck with that kind of animal. Like you learn like you learn the mating call of an iguana and that takes you like 10 years and you can't really figure out any other one if you're a marat. And, and I don't think that's very powerful at that point. But, but a fury sounds very versatile, very powerful, much cooler, much cooler. Uh, I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll learn much more about what the Marats deal is coming up and how they can interact with animals. I'm imagining I'm yeah, I'm excited too. I'm imagining that it's got to be a little cooler than we've seen so far if they're if they're <laughs> able to go toe to toe with people who have furies. Yes, yes, because they they currently seem very outmatched. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Um, but we'll see. Maybe they have, maybe they have more than these big bird guys. Like big birds, not that good, but if you've got, if you've got (laughs) Clifford back there, (laughs) I'm so glad we've taken it in this direction because now at first when I pictured these big, big birds, I was picturing like a velociraptor that still had some feathers on it, but now I'm just reimagining that fight that happened at the beginning of the book with literal Big Bird from Sesame Street. And it's very funny. It's just, I, a very I genuinely, that is genuinely how I have imagined it this whole time. <laughs> oh man, we're going to get Clifford. Maybe Barney makes an appearance at some point. <laughs> Barney, not a ton of use in a fight, but very friendly. He hes up morale he could squeeze you to death those <laughs> hugs can. we don't know the force of that hug that's true that's true he's been practicing for a while one thing that i that i will say about this this is this is another thing that is something that happens in in fantasy books a lot and and this book is actually not super like it's it's not super heavy in this book, but when they kill Big Bird and the Murad is really mad, right? Because they killed his bird. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing though. If they killed your bird because it attacked them, you are not allowed to be mad. Right. This is self-defense. This is something that happens in, in fantasy books, I feel like a lot. Some someone does like kill someone or something based off of like very much self-defense. And then they're like living that down in their enemy's eyes for the rest of the book. And it's like, can we, can we not do this? (laughs) Like you literally told your wolf to go attack those people and it was doing it and they killed it. So it wouldn't eat them. And you're pissed. No, you don't get to be pissed at them. Exactly. They, I I do wanna I do wanna clarify. It's not. It's really not that much in this in this book. No. Like I think they 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 kill his bird, but he's really not like super. So so this isn't that good of an example of this. But it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I guess people just don't have uh, people in these books don't have a ton of what's the. Emotional maturity? No, that doesn't feel right. Sense of justice. Judge Luke, we've got Judge Luke in here ruling on a verdict. You're not allowed (laughs) to be mad if they kill your favorite pet when you've sent it to go kill them. You can't you're not allowed to be mad at them. Like I have a I have a dog. She's very nice. So she would never do this. Mm -hmm. But if my dog was like attacking someone and they were to, like, fight back, I'm not going to be mad at that person. I'm going to be like, yeah, that's fair. My dog was just trying to murder you. You are well within your rights to fight back. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone expects you to just lay down and take an attack from an animal. I don't think that's what anyone expects. So you're good, my guy actually i'm sorry about that that's my bad yeah (laughs) something okay i have something kind of heavy okay all right let's go for it and we don't have to go we don't have to go very far into it but i just want to point out that this seems to be one of the worst ways to handle a a rape in fantasy Ooh. okay now are you okay okay now not like just clarify what you mean so so it wasn't like graphic or anything mm-hmm. which is which is good but the like effect of the action was entirely focused on like the father's pride and that kind of thing and like the and it was like a very small sideshow thing they just like set up this plot of like why this one family is in trouble. And like, this was a very good example of like a time when something very significant affected a woman in a scene, but she has to like be the strong one and like stop her father from reacting poorly and making it worse. And it's like. Right. Like she is, she is face to face with her rapist, her accused rapist. And her dad is like getting ready to fight and die because they're being insulted and she's being insulted. And she's the one who steps up and is like, no, 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 guys. Stop. We're not doing this. Stop. And no one else can step up and do it. And she's like the one who has to try and diffuse the tension between all the men who have made this rape about, like, honor among the men in the family. Right. It's not about... Hey, Dad, it's not about you, buddy. Right. Stop ruining the justice that we're trying to get here. (laughs) Right, right. I think... I think it demonstrates the very clear, like, patriarchal roles that are present in this book, right? There's It's all about, like, honor, and the patriarchy holds, like, a very firm grasp on the families in this book. And so, of course, in that framework, like, a rape is about dishonor of the family. And so the father being the head of the family, of course, they're going to be the one who's, like, supposed to be trying to get that honor back. But, yeah, very much not cool for this woman who was probably raped, like why w- making something like this up in her position seems like a a lose lose, so yeah, uh pretty uncool guys pretty pretty un pretty uncool that whole that whole fam seems pretty uncool, <laughs> yeah, and uncool to the point i think it says a lot about the woman in bernard holt i think isna is her name the watercrafter. so it says a lot about her and what bernard thinks about her that he and tavi come upon this family that has the rapist in it and they're they're hiding in the bushes by the road trying to ambush this other family, presumably to kill them. Like, it seems like they're trying to kill them to make this stop. And Bernard stands there, calls him out, and then says, like, eh, just head back to my house. They're already there. I'll, I gotta go find some sheep. Don't do any murdering while I'm gone. I'll be right back. And he continues on his way after he knows these three dangerous people are headed towards his house. And it says a lot about his sister that he's like, yeah, she can handle it. Or it says a lot about Bernard in that he's an (laughs) idiot. Yeah, I don't I don't know which one here. Mm hmm. I mean, I probably both, right? Like, it says a lot that he's willing to and ready to give her this responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's like she must be very—I don't know—capable or or whatever of diffusing this situation. But it's also like, hey, I mean, you. This seems like a big deal that you should probably be there for. How many sheep is this you're going after right now? That's that's my big question. Because if this is his whole flock, I get that. If this is like everything that he has in the world is in this flock of sheep, I get that he's kind of he's kind of got to go get them. But it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's his whole flock. It seems like it's maybe 12 sheep that he's missing maybe i'm gonna say 20 sheep is the upper limit of how many (laughs) sheep are missing right now is 20 sheep worth this guy is 20 sheep worth sending three people who are ready to do serious violence and one of them may be a rapist back to your house unattended right right he so okay (laughs) he's like We've got this uh, we've got this big trial for for a, for a, a rape that is going to be very consequential. Let's have it over at my place. Uh going to go going to go head out for a quick errand. <laughs> and then you find the people that are accused lying in ambush ready to murder <laughs> and you're like, "All right, guys, <laughs> head back." Uh, let me just send a quick text to my sister. Uh, yeah, the murderous rapists are on their way. I'll be back in a few. (laughs) I've got to get these, these 20 sheep that went, that went roaming around my lands that I definitely can't get any other time. (laughs) Hey, I know that I'm really the only one strong enough to like hold off this guy if he really decides to fight um but i think you got it i believe in you this this is actually i've seen some some parallels here Mm. between this responsibility that he's handing over to isna and the mission that amra gets sent on and a responsibility that she is given. That is, both of them are entirely unfair to them. <laughs> this is such a good point about it being unfair too. I think it's less about whether or not they're capable, and more about what's like fair of a weight to put on them to try and solve. Because sure, it would like maybe Isna can handle this. Maybe this is perfectly within her abilities. But what a dick move to be like, I don't really want to deal with them right now. I've got some (laughs) sheep to go get. I need you to take on this whole shitty situation for me. I need you to take it all on. I know no (laughs) one's really going to help you out in this. So I'm going to have you do it. It's like, it's like, (laughs) okay, it's like if you cook a really big meal together with your like significant other. And then you you have a nice dinner together and you just like leave immediately after dinner with a sink full of dishes. And you're just like, ah, oh, I really gotta go. I've got to, uh, I've got to go change my oil. So <laughs> I'm going to go do that. You definitely got these dishes, right? It's like, yes, they might be in their capability to deal with, but rude This is your They're house rude. It's Bernard's house hold on <laughs> It's like you invited somebody over and then left them to do the dishes Ah oh. Ridiculous guy It is it is it is ridiculous I I I wanna also bring this to Amra mm. Yes Because I think that her the task that she is given is also very unfair in a similar way. Which task? Because we've seen her on like two kind of quests. I'm probably both, but I'm going to say the the newer one, where she's in the Calderon Valley. Right. She she has this little meeting with the I don't know his title. Let's say king for now. Um, and he tells her to go on this super dangerous mission and she's like does this is this going to be like another uh like certain death kind of thing and he's like yeah obviously <laughs> all of them are that <laughs> this is a t- that he makes his answer makes it seem like all of his missions are like certain death for his agents and it's like you you might get a better pitch For this job, yeah, I kind of get why Fidelius might have left, guy. Like, blind loyalty is definitely something a manager is looking for in an employee, but not going to really end up in that employee's favor, right? Like, every manager wants to hire somebody who claims that they're passionate about the job and doesn't do it for the salary because then they can get away with paying them nothing and making them feel bad when they don't give 100%. That's the perfect employee. And it sounds like Gaius has found the perfect employee in Amra right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amra is, is a recent graduate And she doesn't get that the employer-employee relationship goes both ways. Right. Right. She's essentially an intern. And she's not going to get offered a full-time position until she asserts her autonomy and independence in this relationship. Until she says, well, yes, I will do this thing for you if you incentivize me properly. Mm -hmm. Not with some BS about benefits. Yeah. Where's my health care? maybe what's my 401k match up to up to five percent sure i'll go if it's only up to three no thank you can i get a dope sword maybe a cool horse give me some perks i like that you're going you're going in just the single single time bonus little christmas bonus yeah option yeah that's smart that's smart. Pizza party, even. Who doesn't love a pizza party, Luke? <laughs> it is. It is key to to uh, to keeping your employees loyal. No, I mean it's, it's a it's a lot to ask, especially because she's like, all right, yeah, new task, just escaped uh, this other one where I was almost tortured. Uh, but I miraculously escaped through like some pretty good ingenuity and I'm pretty exhausted. I also just gave you some incredibly important information Can, that you apparently already knew. <laughs> could she be, could she just say here like, no, you know what? I'm taking a week. I'm using my PTO. I'm taking a week off. I've earned Listen, it. Listen, this, this job is Monday through Friday, nine to five, and it is currently Saturday afternoon. I'm out of here. Get one of your other people to do it. Any of them. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. The Okay. Something else that I think is in, extremely unfair, but hasn't been really called out yet. When Amra breaks into this camp with Videlius, there is a woman there who is able to do like water crafting. And there's a woman there who has a fury that is a water fury. And they call her a witch. Why are we calling this one woman who can do the magical power that literally everyone can do, and like a lot of people can do it with water? Why does she get to be a witch? What did she do that you're like, this woman, We're going to call a water witch. Everyone else, just like a crafter. They're a water crafter, (laughs) or they have a water fury. But this woman, oh, she's such a witch, dude. I mean, she kind of is. Okay, this this is a good, this is a fair point. She kind of is, but then you would expect some people to be calling her a witch and other people to just be calling her Odeanna or whatever her name is. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But they are all calling her a witch. What is what is unique about this woman that she's a witch? They all have magic. Right. I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and look to see if, like, I don't remember if she has a hat and a broom. But I, I'm i not confident in saying that she never did. Ooh, you know what I mean? Ooh, Was there a cat at some point? This is a good question. Oh, Could there be a cauldron involved, perhaps? (laughs) Okay, yeah. Maybe we just weren't reading closely enough. Maybe her, like, she is embracing the aesthetic of a witch. And we're just, like, not quite... We're just not quite getting that. This is a person who the entire month of October is Halloween for them. And they have asked everyone... For this month, to refer to her as a witch,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they're like really into the role play—ooh, skeletons and ghouls and and witches and handing out sweets to children—and she's into she's, that. She's method acting to prepare for the big day. This is a woman whose favorite holiday is Halloween. I think we all know at least one person whose favorite favorite holiday is Halloween, and I think this is just that person. If you want to start calling them a witch, be sure to get their consent first. But I imagine a lot of them would love it. Mm -hmm. This might be. ooh, this might be a, a her thing now that I think about it. At first, I thought this might have been like a rude, sexist thing that they were doing to this woman. But now it might be a thing that she just asked for. Right. Yeah. Like she tells people to please call me a witch. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think that clears it up pretty well for me, and honestly, good for her. Great for her, yeah. Chase your bliss, which I love it. I love it. Um, like I one note that I have that's not very detailed is just that Odiana and Aldric are swordsmen are pretty weird god the worst relationship of all time the so uncomfortable to be around so annoying the thing about it though that i can't knock it for is realism because i know i know couples especially in high school that were exactly like this and it's terrible for everyone around just like it's terrible for us to keep reading about. and I'm sure Fi- Fidelius is like, I kind of wish, I kind of wish I wasn't around for most of this, this weird action that's going on. Uh, but but they did exist and they do exist. and I think it cap this relationship is capturing that real life relationship dynamic too well for me because it's bad. It's, it's very, it's very on point for a very specific couple that I'm going to say most of us know. Yeah. Or have known. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, great for them. They have no problems with PDA and really, really <laughs> affectionate PDA. Um, I, I like that they're, they're bringing their PDA into like important meetings. So Aldrich carries her while she's asleep and she's still asleep on his lap in this meeting with Aquitanius. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm the boss, if I'm Aquitanius and I'm like, you're a supervisor, got a lot, we've got a lot of, of work-related <laughs> analogies here. But like I'm writing you up and reporting you to HR. Because that's not acceptable. Like, this is an important meeting. You cannot sleep through this. Unacceptable. Uh. Oh, one thing that I forgot about mm-hmm. that I don't know how to address. Mm. But this dynamic where the the slave girl that was dancing for Aquitanius is actually his wife. And then she, like, hooks up with Fidelius. Mm-hmm. I don't quite get it. This is why I think that the plan is bigger than Aquitanius. Because I think the wife is the one kind of doing the scheming here. And so I think it might be Fidelius and the wife of Aquitanius that are the ones who are kind of their puppet masters. And so that, that to me seems like it's... It's the thing that's going on. Alternatively, apparently this slave girl was just a, a gift from his wife, is what he said. So maybe they just have a really open thing. You know what? This is so true. What am I talking about? Like, if if she gifts him someone to let's let's brush past the problematic things of gifting yeah yeah gifting a, a human being let's say let, all right let's, obviously slavery really bad in this book uh doesn't seem like anyone wants to do anything about it which also a problem uh let's let's kind of move past that though we're gonna we're gonna for now put that to the side if she, if he's allowed to just like to do this then i guess she's allowed to do it as well it's only fair assuming that they've talked about it right right and especially too it's one thing if you gift your husband let's okay let's use a prostitute as a different slightly less problematic example than a sex slave okay it's one thing if you pay a prostitute for your husband and that's like your anniversary present to your husband it's another thing if your husband then says to that prostitute that was your gift to him Nah, actually you sleep with you can sleep with that guy over there. This random guy who just came in. Like, is this kind of like giving away a tie your wife bought you for your birthday to some other guy? And at that this point is... she's kind of is she kind of justified in being mad? <laughs> this is so hard to talk about. <laughs> it's incredibly challenging. <laughs> Because I I don't know how many times that I need to say that, like, it's not acceptable. Right. I I, (laughs) because I feel terrible talking about this person as a, like, gift and and right. Clearly, we're talking in the context of this. Of this universe where nobody seems to give a fuck that there are slaves and people are sold into sex slavery. Like, nobody seems to care or make a big deal about this. So right, in right, this okay. world, is it like giving your husband a tie only for him to have that tie, give that tie to somebody else? R- right, it's re-gifting. It's, he's re-gifting, but like a personal gift that you gave him. So, for his anniversary? For his, regifting <laughs> an anniversary gift? That's hurtful incredibly hurtful it seems like especially when he didn't even oh wear it oh (laughs) okay it's bad we gotta move on (laughs) this is terrible y'all oh man that was tough that was tough to talk about um hopefully we got through it without being problematic but i'm not confident okay something that's really dumb luke these slives are kind of stupid aren't they the The, slives are the poison lizards that tavi describes in a little bit of detail and he said the thing that stood out for me is he said sometimes they'll follow people for days and eat them in their sleep when they finally rest yeah is there like that little food out there that if you see like a rabbit running by you're gonna be like that's the only rabbit i'm gonna see for three days i better follow that one (laughs) Okay, he does, he says specifically people. So these lizards are so human hungry that they're like, Ooh, no, 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 no. I've actually just realized what it is. Forget that. Every single one of these lizards has an extremely trigger, well, a hair trigger, has an extremely sensitive temper. And even seeing a human will set them off. And so it's not that they're hungry. They're just pissed. They're just pissed at people. Um, I got it. I know exactly why they're pissed at all people, Luke. What's the insult that everybody's throwing around? Yep. yep. All the people. They're calling everyone Slives all the time. And the Slives know. God, you know they know. And so they hear people day in and day out calling the worst among them slives, and they get sick of it. And as soon as they see a person, they're like, nope, you're not getting away with this. I'm coming for you. I'm going to get you in your sleep three days from now. (laughs) I hold a grudge. Hi, I'm a slive, and I hold a grudge for three days. What I would like to see is the, is the Slive insult being this. Like, we're overusing Slive. I want it to just be able to describe someone that holds a grudge for a long time. Mm. That's specific enough that it's very well used. That's very good. And it's like a poisonous, this is perfect. This is exactly what it should be used for. And maybe in its original context, it was, it was somebody who held a grudge and let it kind of poison them. And so they turned really bitter and angry because of this grudge. That's a slive, guys. That's very much a slive. That's perfect. We all know a slive. We've all seen a slive and we've all seen him follow Gerald back to his house three days later and eat him in his sleep. We've (laughs) all seen that, we know. And so when somebody does that kind of thing, they're a slive. But you can't just be going around willy nilly calling people slives like. No, it loses all meaning. And the slives get pissed. (laughs) The slives are like, use our name in the right context. (laughs) I'm coming for you now. This is so circular and so dumb, but I'm, I'm so on board with it. The slives, the slives get a tough, a tough rap. They do get an incredibly tough rap. Something that I think should get a tougher rap, Luke, is this storm. So we heard a little bit about this storm as they're preparing for it. And apparently in this world, storms, or at least this storm happens because of like sentient entities. The Furies are like sentient in a way and like do things like they create storms. And this storm... Is apparently pretty bad and everyone is is doing a lot to prepare for it they're going inside i guess except for bernard and tavi but when they first describe the storm i'm like okay i've seen storms before there's going to be a lot of rain there's going to be maybe hail and it's going to be very cold so yeah it could be dangerous trees could fall on you or you could freeze to death dangerous definitely but it kind of takes it up a notch when we see some wind furies tear apart a deer and leave only the head on the ground and that for me takes it from like okay this storm is dangerous and we should prepare to like why is anyone going out the day of the storm dig a hole underground and wait this thing out and pray that nothing breaks into your house like How is Bernard and Tavi going out the day that they know this storm is coming when one of the consequences is getting your entrails removed by a wind fury? A screaming wind fury. (laughs) This is like when the government sends out an announcement and is like, hey, there is a hurricane coming down. Everyone evacuate. And there's a few people that are like, I don't think I need to. I've been here since 1974, and I've I've withstood every hurricane. I'm not leaving. That's that's what it is. Because like it's not storm does not capture what this is. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. Storm is like me with my mug of cocoa wrapped in a blanket, looking outside at the rain, feeling cozy. Mm-hmm. This is a natural disaster this is a flesh blender this is not a storm we are creating people smoothies out here exactly who great explanation (laughs) no i'm not going out the day of this storm i'm not going out with an unknown destination the day of this storm into a dangerous place Let's, I'm going to back us up a little bit here. Okay. We're going to, we're going to come back to a spot that we already went to, but I think it's important. Mm -hmm. Bernard. Mm. He sends this text. He's like, Hey, hey sister. uh, The murderous rapists are on their way. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to keep heading out into this flesh blender. As we're calling it, apparently. Hopefully I'm back in time. If I'm not, hopefully those murderous rapists don't kill everyone. We'll see. TTYL. BRB. Come on, buddy. Turn around. The sheep are not worth it. (laughs) It's time to go. It's time. Those sheep cannot be worth it. (laughs) And then okay this is this is my this is my last note. Bernard Bernard gets gets sent back. He's very injured. Very injured. And people are pretty like I get that there's some emotional manipulation happening but like Bernard is just lying in the corner bleeding to death and everyone's just like man Storm's going to be tough. It's like yeah, I healing him fully will probably take like some effort, but you could at least do something. Can you we, know what I mean? Can like, we keep him from dying maybe? I just and they have this argument and they're like, "Oh yeah, man. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy that that just happened." All right, uh, you guys want to uh, You guys want to maybe think about healing Bernard? And then they like chat about it for another five minutes. And then the lady over there desperately pushing <laughs> on Bernard's chest is like, yeah, he died a few minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, while you guys were talking about how crazy those slives were who tried to kill everyone in here, this guy who we were trying to fix the whole time, he has definitely died. he has slowly bled to death (laughs) while you guys were yapping it up over there which is what we told you was going to happen so what the fuck guys not a great not a great sense of urgency i'm gonna say yeah pretty bad look i think it's also kind of wild that we don't get anybody on it early on because it sounds like the hold women as it's described could help at the very least if she needed someone but they hadn't started helping yet and it's like if they can do something why are why is this old old woman over here doing chest compressions on bernard when like like a hundred people are standing around staring what is wrong with you people yeah and i think i think we got to be fair to the characters in this book We don't know how much, you know, manipulation there was from this guy. But it can't be, like, that much. Right? I don't know. Maybe it can be. This is is something that you you just can't say. Because, like, I have no idea what that is. Right. (laughs) Right. You would also think, though, that people would be pretty aware of things like this occurring. Like, if this is possible, you would think people would be kind of, like, wary of people who can do this and be keeping an eye on them closely because they know that this is a possibility. But, Adam, maybe not. There's some there's some funny business going on. Speaking of funny business, Luke, I'm going to make a long shot prediction right okay. here with almost no evidence, but it feels so right to me. I think Tavi is the bastard son of of Gaius's son. I think we've got a little chosen one narrative. We don't know who Tavi's parents are yet. They take refuge in the in the mausoleum of I mean very poetic if it's his dad's mausoleum. Mm-hmm. And his dad died right near that spot. That's that's true. So you this is this is you saying this ain't my first rodeo. Mm-hmm. I've read fantasy books with a unique young character that we don't have parents for. Dot dot dot, special parents. Right. I mean, Brent Weeks knows all about this. The Black Prism. Uh, I feel. I feel like there could be a little Black Prism action going on, where mm-hmm. it's this bastard son, right at the, right at the the place where there's a big battle that happened. He's got some interesting things with the Furies, right? He's like, apparently the only one who anybody's ever heard of not having one. Okay, he talks about this. I'm sure it sucks to not have one, but also fascinating that he doesn't have one, right? This makes you very unique among everyone, right? I Okay, so so it's hard for me to tell Whether it's, like, everyone of a certain class has Furies. I Because I could kind of see the people that are in this, like, uh, what is it called? Like a steadfast or whatever that are not the the leaders. I could see them not having Furies, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure. Because, like, none of them are able to help. I think the sense I get is everyone has a fury. The sense I get is that literally everyone has a fury. Some people's furies are just more powerful than others. And so these like top tier people have really powerful furies that can accomplish a lot. And then the common folk, maybe their fury helps them do the dishes. Or maybe their fury helps them chop in firewood. It's a very low level ability, still useful, but mm, not the most useful. I think that I think that Tavi is holding out for Gyarados. The Pokemon? He's got a Magikarp he's training up. I was just saying that because the mountain is named Gyarados. I know, <laughs> I know it is. Ooh, um, maybe Tavi is the Magikarp. Maybe we're getting a little a little hint here. From our, from our our author. Jim Butcher. Maybe we're getting a little hint here from Jim Butcher, that Tavi is Magikarp, and we're gonna see them transform into a Gyarados pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or he's just gonna splash around and do nothing for the whole book. One or the other. I I don't think that there's any in between. So, I'm here for either option, honestly me too luke me too and you know i gotta say this book a lot of interesting interesting action with the furies a lot of interesting action with the marats but you know luke with the the passing of this storm and the arrival of a new storm in the form of you know potential rebellion and 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 all that in the realm Mm. uh I think this leaves us plenty of room to provide some hot takes. to, to hide under our blankets and act like dumb nerds.